Okay, guys, see you later. Ah, well, there goes Jesse the Body Ventura. He's going into Bye, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just so believable, isn't it? I mean, I've used that door slamming sound so many times, and yet every time it just sounds as fresh as if it's just happening in the room with us. How many doors have you got in this retardist, anyway? About 60 of the things. Um, I mean, obviously there's... I mean, you notice that there was more than one guest quarters. Um, Taz is in the secure unit at the moment. Um, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I've, it's got ropes along the side, and yeah, it's, it's all right. On the side. <laughs> yeah, no, like, 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 you so you can bounce off them. Yeah, I mean, I'll tailor them all. I mean, yeah, you will notice that you will notice that your um, that your guest quarters are made up to look like a red hot buffet. <laughs> you know, so I, I do tailor them to everyone's tastes. Cheers, Reg. <laughs> No, you're welcome, man. You are really appreciate it. <laughs> no, you are welcome. So he's probably going to be a little while training Enzo how to um, how to run the how to run the um, robot body shop emporium as well while he's there. Um, so we should probably I don't know should we do a podcast? Makes sense. Might as well. Stuff is happening, so let's do it. Yeah. Well, actually, it it is both happening and not happening because of the way that the time vortex works. I can actually technically drop you off like two seconds after you left. But yeah. I mean, you'd have to watch the same, like the same like six weeks of wrestling again, because like we, I mean, it's been like a month since, since we were there, like our time. Well, actually it's been three years. Yeah, it's been three, three years. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is starting to get really timey wimey. Um, so let's just let's just do a podcast. Gonna go for this tune. You are listening to JFPN, the world's most punk rock sci-fi podcast. Um, we also do wrestling in between the sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and rewriting all the rules, clearly. Yeah, yeah, we are just <laughs> we are just going as we feel like Trail, it. This trailblazing. Week, yes. Trailblazing, as they say. We really are. Um, this week, of course, on IndieCast, we will be discussing NJPW's first night of G1 from Dallas, Texas. Plenty of interesting matches there. Um, and, of course, talking about what can happen in B-Block on the first night, on the 13th of July, when that airs next Saturday. In addition to that, we'll be talking about the new direction that WWE are going in. Could they be becoming good enough for me and Jay to cover them again? Maybe. I think it's the answer to that. Jay! (laughs) Exactly. How has your week been? It has been great, Rich. Excellent, excellent. That is fantastic. How has your week been, Rich? Mostly just flying the Retardis. Um, Really didn't think how much Retardis time there was going to be when I when I went down this path. But you know, it's cool. It's cool. We're here. Just going to turn that down. That was, of course, the Idols or Idols as they're called, um, with Mother from their 2017 post-punk record Brutalism. 
Um, that is available through Bally Records and was, of course, the theme of Zack Sabre Jr. while he was at Progress Wrestling and wrestling in the UK before his most recent run in Japan. So, Jay... How is it to be just like we've got nothing to worry about? We've got no, we've got no hectic stuff going on around us. We've got no trips to 1988. Um, we're definitely human today. I can feel the flesh, um, and there's been plenty of wrestling. Um, so this is just us. We are going bare bones once again. Um, how 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 does it feel to be back in the driver's seat of your own podcast, mate? <laughs> back in the driver's seat, beard and bear. Exactly. Beard and Bear, we're going old school today. The dog outside agrees. That pesky floating space dog. Yep, space dogs. <laughs> Crazy. So, <laughs> this weekend, of course, was the first night of G1. Um, yeah, Dallas. Let's let's start with the obvious stuff. Um, you know, the stuff about the show and all of that kind of thing. Um, what, there was no one there? The well, <laughs> this is a difficult one because there were more people. There were there. people there, but there wasn't there. But there was more people there than there is for Raw and SmackDown. There were more people there than shows. there was for um, Stomping Grounds. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, I mean, this is an eleven, an eleven to thirteen seater stadium. Thirteen thousand. Sorry, not just thirteen people sat there. Thirteen thousand <laughs> seat stadium. Um, you know, there was... people there. It still had more people there in the stomping grounds. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there were one or two empty seats, and maybe they could have done a bit more for the TV production to not have the hard cam facing the empty end of the arena that has the big stage in front of it. But we'll have Kenta's manager come out and be a part of the arena where there was no one there yeah just kind of stood there just kind of meandering about yeah <laughs> wasn't he um so what did you think to the tag matches that threw it all off did anything kind of creep out you other than god being god and awesome as a result um yo and show actually yeah no they, they get back on top of their game they are really kind of I think I think in kind of 10, 15 years' time, um, people will talk about Yo and Show the same way that they talk about, say, Edge and Christian or um, the Hardy Boys now. Um, or name name someone in DJ. A tag team that's indie that everyone talks about. <laughs> LAX. <laughs> um, I thought I'd just read some dead air for a second there and see what you said. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Just throwing shade and dead air at me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, of course, we are here to talk mainly tournament because otherwise we would do nothing but watch wrestling. Um, The first match to kick off the G1 of 2019 was, of course, Will Ospreay and Lance Lance Archer. If you are new to the product, though, just to quickly talk you through how the G1 works, there is, of course, Block A that is um, consistent of 10 competitors and block b also consists of 10 competitors the two run a league um which basically is as it sounds uh, it's effectively a round robin league each one of them having to go through a grueling nine matches um totaling 18 
is it 18 nights yeah it is 18 nights all in all um and then the final which is night 19 um where the two finalists um one from each bracket face off that's the person with the most points it is two points for a win one point each for a draw and absolutely nothing for a loss um this tournament we have got our work cut out for us with this one yeah um what's what's the plan with this jay um because i mean i've got a time machine but it's still a lot of wrestling (laughs) i mean obviously with the time machine we can probably get it done like within 19 days but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean about that. I mean it's a good time. Machine, I think we should but, take. I mean it's block it's by block, block each. The problem We're that I flip a coin on that one. The problem that I've got is that um, is that Taz um, locked the navigation array. Um, so as a result, I'm kind of I, I'm kind of worried that I might not be able to cover it all because of the navigation array in my retardus. Jay. That's okay, but I, I think we can do it. Block. Let's just cover. <laughs> let's just cover blocks. Um, we're, right, we're just going to give it a go, see what we can come up with, um, and we're hopefully going to try and keep everybody informed. It is a lot of wrestling though, so don't worry if we have to like throw several episodes together. First match was Will Osprey versus Lance Ar- Lance Archer. Um, Jay, what did you know about the two competitors going in? Obviously, you're a big fan of Will Osprey, as am I. Um, but Lance Archer. Um, He's one of those people who I've seen some of, but to be honest, if you put been around a while, this guy. Yeah, but I mean, put him in a put him in a room next to Lance Storm and Fabian Archer, and I would struggle to tell which one's which. Well, just look at the tall guy called Lance. (laughs) Uh, Basically, um, the first time I saw him, he was in uh, TNA in a tag team with. What's his name? Hoyt. No, he was Lance Hoyt. Oh, okay. He was in a tag team with... The Rock and Rave Infection. Not Jimmy Rave. No, that was um, a tag team after the first tag team. He was with... He was in ECW. Looks a bit like Kid Rock. Oh, okay. Um, Tag team, shall David Boy Smith Jr., he was two-time tag team champion <laughs> for National Wrestling Alliance with that. Oh, he's that guy who hung around with David Boy Smith before he fucked off. Right, yeah, I remember who he is. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. Killer um, Elite Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The B team. The C team. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, those guys. Yeah. That's cool. So he yeah, was with Kid Cash in TNA. There we go. Kid, Kid Cash. Cash. There we go. Yeah, yeah. His name escaped me. Time but- Vortexes and all that. Yeah, no, that's got to be it. Um, he also seems to be like a cross between Ildra Dragunov and Chris Benoit, judging by his um, judging by his look. So I can see why that might not be too popular um, nowadays. I do believe he's in, in the WWE for a little stint, but wasn't in a long. Went back to TNA, disappeared. Yeah, he ran. Um, he was one of the many interferers on ECW's One Night Stand um, and also had a few outings versus Tajiri. Then he ended up um, in a tag team with Cruiserweight Jamie Noble um, and they were known as the Pitbulls. Um, that went on oh, for this quite... is Kid Cash from about, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
that went on for a while. And then um, he got released from his contract in September of 2006, which, I mean, it's quite... Yeah, probably makes about um, about enough sense, actually, um, in regards to him. Um, as for Lance Hoyt, yeah, he's, he's just, his name. Yeah. Yeah, just a guy who hangs around. Um, so anyway, tell me about Lance Archer. What you got? What you got to do with this match? I'm drinking coconut wine. Have you noticed? It smells awful. <laughs> it does smell awful. Yeah, it's What's fucking foul, mate. It is fucking foul. <laughs> You can you can keep that. I don't. I'd, I'd rather throw it out of the throw it out of the um, time hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's where all the time exhaust comes out of in my retarders. The time hole. Yeah, <laughs> you just, yeah, you just got throw it out of the time hole. I mean, it was like an airlock. I mean, it used to be called the time lock, um, but a few months ago, um, well. A few, a few, a few years ago now, um, Jesse decided to invite a load of friends from the eighties around, um, and the honky tonk man ended up falling through it and had to replace him with a robot duplicate. That's why he doesn't age. Oh, it makes sense now. Yeah. Why, you should have told me about this earlier. Yeah. Anyway, Will Osprey, Lance Archer. Indeed. Um. Yeah, this match was surprisingly good considering it had Lance Archer in it. Yeah, um, some people are saying it was actually match of the night. Believe it or not, um, in particular, um, um, in particular, Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report gave it their highest grade of the night. Believe it or not, um, yeah. They're saying it kicked off, um, yeah, the urgency of the entire thing um, was a really good start. Um, and Archer charged Osprey and ate a Spanish fly pretty much immediately, which set off the tone for the match. Off the bat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Archer rolls outside. Uh, Will fillers up with the corkscrew moonsault off the top rope to the outside. Yeah. I mean, what more can you say in regards to that? Just, just really nice. Just a really nice Pretty way, good to, way start. to start a match, really. Yeah, um, I mean, I really like this. You get this a lot with um, the G One because obviously it's just thirty-minute bouts, um, barring the final, which is a sixty-minute bout. No, actually, the the final is a, is a thirty-minute bout, isn't it? Um, yeah, no, you you get that a lot with um, the G One. You get kind of matches that start really, really quickly, um, and usually, if you got two opponents that know each other really well, then they will often, often kind of enter pretty much kicking out of the gate. Um, yeah, so I mean, Lance Archer was seeking revenge for a defeat um, that he had had previously. Um, from Will Ospreay anyway, and that was kind of what played to that kind of heavy start and him kind of overemphasizing into the Spanish fly. So good storytelling, really well put together. Please, please continue, Jay. There's also a story of weight class as well. Obviously, Lance Archer being the bigger opponent in Japan, they do a big thing where obviously the larger opponent normally um, goes over. But mm. obviously, a lot of time, Ospreay's committed to the ranks now and 
yeah. seeing him being a lot more bigger opponents these days. Yeah, he's he's um, actually he's actually increasing his weight quite substantially now. Um, like it's one of the parts of it. this could be the last um, the last best of the super juniors that he actually competes in, um, which would explain why they gave him the title because obviously he is the best super junior in the world um, for as long as he keeps his weight below below the two twenty five mark that they use in New Japan. Which, in the next couple of weeks, is probably going to be over. I, I would reckon so. I mean, the cycle of people when they move from one rank into the other is to feed them usually to bulk up throughout the G1 so that they're ready um, for the final if they do end up in it. Um, do you, please continue, um, and then I'll ask my ask my questions about where you think he'll place. Um, I've got a few things I haven't in the match here because I don't want to do play-by-play and spoil the whole thing. Yeah. Um, there's a bit of play-by-play Kind of near the end, but I guess I am kind of spoiling it. Um, there was Archer walks the ropes, um, Undertaker style, but for that, there's a 450 splash. Um, Archer chokes slams Wolf through the table on the outside, actually catches him out of the air. And when Doom and then Willow Spray does his um, front flip to back flip over the rope, he caught him out of the air with that. Yeah. And then pulled him over to the table and chokes slammed him through it. With them being in America, the table's broke straight away. Of course. Um, of course. I mean, it's it's strange. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's strange how that happens, but obviously, um, you know, American Americans don't 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 eat as much, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they just need lighter yeah. tables. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's what it is. It's gonna be. <laughs> Archer walked the ropes, like the Undertaker. But you did. He did all three, two all sides. four, didn't he? Oh, he attempted he to two. do all four, but he, he just managed the two. Yeah, and then did the normal hit on the back that Undertaker yeah. does, so there's nothing really different apart from that. He walked a bit more rope. Yeah. Um, tiger feet into spring forward forearm. There was a co-red on the outside on the yeah. red bite off spray. I mean... Um... Yeah, I mean, this all comes from um, an attempt by Osprey to do a Suzuki special, really, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And then, of course, Archer seized control of that and started working over um, Will Osprey. Um, both were kind of eager to prove um, their own position within the heavyweight kind of kind of format, as it were. In the case of Lance Archer, obviously, he's always been a big guy, but has never quite ended up on that on that kind of upper mid card to kind of top level um that somebody of his size normally would especially in the more kind of american elements of the sport um whereas whereas in the case of will osprey he's certainly got the skill to hang in there but not necessarily the size so it was an interesting it was an interesting matchup to kind of show the psychology and where both of these wrestlers are at at kind of the start of this tournament because it it highlighted that for both of them um please continue I i do apologize for just getting your mid-flow there. That's all right, mate. Um, Lance Archer's now breaking up some new moves. He decides to use the Muscle Buster. Bit of a stiff-looking Muscle Buster, but Muscle Buster all the same. Mm. Yeah, I like a good Muscle Buster. Um, they can... Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty damn good. Um, Will Ospreay's the kind of guy that you want to do that against um, because you want to take out his core so that he doesn't have the doesn't necessarily have the centre of gravity needed to spin around needlessly in the middle of his jumps. 
they hurt more if you do a twist while you're in the air. They do, yeah. I've noticed that's why he does it all the time. Yeah, that's that's how physics works. <laughs> Space hole. <laughs> Touche. Please continue. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a few, there's another few spots there. Um, Archie goes off the top rope. Uh, top rope looks down reversed into the Spanish fly, which is quite seamlessly. Um, I feel that this move is getting really overused, uh, but Will Ospreay seems to make it mean something when he does use it off the top yeah. rope. I mean, um, Spanish flies having a um, having the same kind of moment that the super kick and the RKO um, have have had over various points over the last kind of eighteen months. Um, I mean, the super kick was the first one to do it, but now certainly um, Spanish, uh, and I can also see Code Red going that way as well. Um, because there seems to be... It's been going that way for a while. It's like the Canadian Destroyer, it's just a different version of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of these moves that were once epic, but are now becoming transitional moves and becoming... They're, they're certainly having moments, and I, I think you are right, that it does cause them to lose their meaning. Um, everyone's so eager to show that they can do it, that no one's actually protecting it. Um, and this is one of the things that certainly Paul Heyman has previously um outlined I believe he outlined it on um I believe he outlined it on the Stone Cold podcast available on the WWE network um but yeah 999 on the WWE network thank you very much yes um we we are not sponsored by WWE but I mean the way he tells it I mean obviously obviously he's a better orator than me um but he's he I mean long story short he says if you took a big guy took him down the ring and he did a headlock. And no one else could do the headlock from then on. And every single week, he did this headlock to finish his match. And the moment they, that he put that on, everybody who received it went, Oh my God, this is the most painful thing in the world! And, and moved their arms around and immediately tapped. And you did that for six weeks, eight weeks, twelve weeks. Everybody would look at that head, headlock as one of the most over and most painful moves in wrestling. That was that was a really nice way to kind of hide that. One of the most painful and over moves in wrestling. Um, but if everybody does one every week, no one really cares. And that's that's the problem. That's the problem that you'll get with the Spanish Fly. It's the problem that you'll get with the Code Red. They need to protect these moves the more. Destroyer. The Super Canadian, kick. yeah, yeah. Shooting star press, four fifty. Yes, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of it going off at yeah. the moment. That and of course the Humpty Dumpty wheel fall down. Um, I'm tired of seeing that as well. Should stop returning to that point in time. Good, good, good idea. Move forward. Yeah, I think you should stop doing that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it ended with um, Osprey headbutts um, Archer off the ropes he quickly answers with a step up knee to the face hits the super blackout and then beats Osprey with iron claw three Pins yeah with a submission did you um, expect this coming out of this I mean Osprey's just on the back of a really really strong win um, and he immediately goes up against somebody who quite frankly I don't think a lot of people expected him to lose to 
I wasn't expecting him to lose. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought he was probably going to go in that, get those points early. Uh, but then they could be doing like a comeback kid storyline for him. Quite possibly. Um, I mean, they definitely have chemistry between the two of them. Um, that's that's visible. Um, yeah, just just really nice. Um, they set the bar really high with this one, I feel. Um, and of course, you know the yeah, Osprey probably one of the best in the world, and Archer probably one of the best big men um, in this tournament. He can he can definitely move. He really can. And I I I to be honest, I hadn't seen him move like that for quite a while. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be gonna be interesting seeing these two and how they pan out i reckon that could be archer's token win though because i don't know if he's quite he's quite going to be pushed to the moon yet i feel that pick the right opponent for him push him to the moon but don't and he is going to be facing a lot of similar size opponents i mean if he's going to go offspring that means he like gives him the chance to go over kento gives him the chance to go over koto yeah, I mean, evil and evil, bad luck, Farley, um, Sonada to a lesser extent, um, Kenta and Tanahashi are all probably got a winning store when it comes to when it comes to Archer. So, yeah, it's probably good for him to go over against against him. I could see that. Um, I could see that Lance Archer could end up being the only other person. Uh, well, sorry, the only person who beats Kota Ibushi other than other than the people who already have. Um, <laughs> not to give the game away about what happens later. Uh, so, next, we have Colonel Badluck. Oh, questions, questions, questions to ask Jay about this. Um, nope, nothing to really say about that, actually. No real questions. So, evil... Versus Bad Luck Farley, much to say about this? Um, I've got a little bit. <laughs> yeah, go for it, go for it, go for it. Tell well, us all this about this match. this match was going to be shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is probably playing off, um, playing off Bad Luck Farley, who managed to get disqualified in six of the ten matches. Um, sorry, six of the nine matches that he was in last year in the G1. Um... Yeah, they they mentioned that quite early in the match because, of course, um, I believe Evil ends up getting his gets getting his face hit by um, was it a chair or chair of his head and then he swung a chair into his face. Yeah, and immediately I Kevin say face. It was the legs of the chair and Evil threw it off, but still, mm. his face. Yeah, I mean, um, Kevin Kelly noticed at the very start of the match, it's almost impossible to get disqualified from a G1 um, G1 Climax match. Uh, so it is quite telling that he has been disqualified from six of them last year. Um, he he was pretty heavy last year, and he pretty much phoned it in so that he could beat the crap out of people. Um, so yeah, that was quite good. Enjoyed that. Um, but moving forward, good to good to see a match here. Um, you, you, you noted some of this and I noticed that your first note says this match is going to be shit. Was it shit? It wasn't actually that shit. Well I was surprised of how shit it wasn't. Oh okay. <laughs> that was quite nice. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't the greatest match on the on the card. Mm. It may have still have been the worst match on the card, but it was a lot better than I thought it was gonna be and they actually ended up putting out Yeah. An alright match. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that is probably fair. 
Um, what you're looking at really is um, kind of um, an assault continuing on in the ring um, after after Evil took the fight to Bad Luck Farley at the very start. Um, and it's Ultimate Warrior clothesline. Yeah, Ultimate Warrior clothesline <laughs> there. Um, Channeling that in an Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, he also um, we also got a bit of a chorus of boos from people um, when there was a salute from Farley. Um, Evil is clearly the face in this match, would you say? Yeah, I'd yeah, every... say so. They're both just playing good guy heels, really. Just yeah, the old anti, anti, yeah. anti-hero kind of heels. Um, you would expect yeah. Farley to be the one who would be over in, in front of the Americans, because, um, but obviously it's, it's quite clear. Yeah, yeah, because Bullet Club and... If you have wear a Bullet Club T-shirt to a wrestling event and you're and you're a part of the talent, then you're automatically over. Um, but yeah, no, it didn't seem to didn't seem to pan out like that. Evil really does have a serious following pretty much everywhere he goes. So, a lot of respect for him, of course. Um, yeah, slam onto the ramp. They moved over to the ramp, didn't they? They did. I was quite surprised that Evil actually body slammed Farley, but <clears throat> yeah. That was yeah. that was an interesting one. Um, was the one to put a chair over Farley's head and push him into the ring post near the start of the match. But yeah, it was Farley yeah. who brought the chairs into the situation. Um, I mean, Jay gets the... booted into face, hits the clothesline for two. That was on Farley by Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then the finish, the chairs over the head with Evil. Um, I didn't really notice this much. There wasn't much to note on, I don't think. Um, huh. Swung, hit his face. Yeah, Bob I mean... There was a, there was a big boot attempt. Um, there was a big boot attempt. Um, however, Evil caught it, threw his leg towards the referee who caught it. Evil then clotheslined, um, which actually took them both out. That was both the referee and Farley. Um, Evil then started getting cherry and decided to go for the rogue general, as it were. Um, and there was a low blow um, from Farley um, after the dodge with that, and that that got quite a bit of heat. And then he delivered a chair shot and finished off Evil with the bad luck fall. That's pretty much it, really, isn't it? It is pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a good match. It was a good bit of business. It wasn't a great match, but... It was. It did the business that it needed to do. It put people over in ways that they needed to put. Um, and to be honest, following the match that came before it, and considering the match that was about to follow it, which in my opinion is the match of the night, um, yeah, kind of, kind of enjoyed it. Kind of enjoyed it. Um, a lot of good character work um, from Farley. Um, even though Evil was doing most of the lef- um, most of the most of the carrying when it came to the actual ring work, Farley's character work just kind of just kind of counterbalanced that perfectly. Yeah. Any other thoughts yeah, on that one? Putting, putting, that, putting that over a bit too much for this match, but yeah, sure, we can go with that. <laughs> um, but it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, if all right, then let's 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 just put it a bit more kind of plainly if it was on monday night raw it would not have been the main event and it would probably have been the bit that everyone turned over to another channel for and then came back and heard that it was a really good match and just be like oh well i'm not not too worried that i missed it if it was on wrestlemania it would have been on the pre-show what you all about it would have been top of the second hour 
Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. And it would have been for like six different championship belts. Moving forward. <laughs> uh, um, Sonada, Zack Sabre Jr. Um, first off, Sonada's new, well, I'll say new, Sonada's hairstyle for this match. What do you think? <laughs> I didn't know he had a new hairstyle. <laughs> oh, okay. Not well, it didn't look I'll quite just stupid. I was walking to the ring blind. Oh, with his... What? How so? Because you see the way he was walking. He was doing two steps to the right and two steps to the left. You couldn't see what he was doing. Oh, okay. Um, when he was walking down to the ring. Maybe it was the lights. Wouldn't surprise me if the lights were a little bit, you know... Don't know. Genuinely couldn't tell you. It generally looked like he was walking down blind to the ring with that mask on those, like, just complete black. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that was it. But the way maybe. he was walking kind of gave it away, because obviously with mask and you see he's completely black, they can also see through it, mm. obviously. But but the way he was walking, it would seem that he had no idea where he was going. Oh. Well, poor, poor Sonata. Um, <laughs> maybe they should stop making people wear masks to the ring who don't wear masks in the ring. It's all about the, the ring masks. And then taking them off going, ooh... My face. Oh, everybody, yeah, everybody's kind of like, oh, it's the big face <laughs> reveal. No, but you already know who you are, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a weird one. Um, so my question is, is this kind of before we actually go into this match? Do you reckon that this match is really because for me, who this showcased? Although Zack Saber Junior is great, obviously, he's still Zack Saber Junior, which means he's one of the best technical wrestlers on the fucking planet. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Sonada, on the other hand, the hand. yeah. <laughs> for me, this was this was really his story for me because it was him proving to me that he could really, really wrestle go. when he needs to. Yeah, yeah, he can go yeah. like a motherfucker. I yeah. mean, I was saying previously that I don't like Sonada's mm. um, single matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I prefer him in a tag team. But then he pulls this out yeah. with Zack Sabre Jr. and I was like, wow. Well, maybe that's well, maybe that's the whole point. It's you know, now he's actually got the chance to chance to showcase it. Um, now, I mean, I don't even recognise the guy anymore from the guy that was in TNA. Um, mm. He was trained by the commuter. It's mm. it's strange, strange how his look, his demeanour, the way he approaches the ring, the way he attacks in the ring is com- completely changed from from the way he did it before. Hmm. Um, I mean, well, that's just that's that's fairly common, though, isn't it? People kind of adapt their style as they go um, in Japanese wrestling. Yeah, usually, a lot so. more the evolution like, of Sonada. Yeah, I mean, it's like um, the only wrestler I can think of has managed to adapt themselves in such a um, in such a poignant way throughout the career and still be continuously successful in um, in WWE, for instance, would be probably Triple H or The Undertaker. Like most other people, they get a gimmick and they stick with it. And other than adding a new move here or there, that's kind of it. But he seems to have evolved his own style, um, and that seems quite common as well. If you compare, say, Shinsuke Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom 2 to Shinsuke Nakamura now, and they are almost two different people. Um, same with the evolution that AJ Styles went when he was seasoned in Japan. So um, it could be that, um, you know, that you're kind of experiencing there. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's really important to change your character, isn't it? Just to stay relevant within the business. I mean, yeah, I mean... You can keep doing the same moves, same, the same gimmick, 
week in, week out, year after year, you just become stale, complacent, like certain people like Randy Orton. Yeah, I mean, I think it also, um, I, I mean, it still shits in bags. Um, I mean, you can say that, but I think it's also kind of indicative as to how the character is formed by his opponents in Japan as well. Um, so, for instance, when we talk about The Undertaker, The Undertaker very much changed his image to suit kind of the organization as a whole, um, as well as culture as a whole at the time. He's, his gimmick was often updated to reflect the culture and what the organization represented during that culture same with triple h he he moved with the time based on external factors whereas within um within new japan pro wrestling very often people are kind of seasoned by the actual matches they have and that kind of forms the basis of their character moving forward take for instance uh, the slow the slow increase in the ability to take strikes that has happened with Kota Ibushi. I mean, he's always he was always a hardcore wrestler and very daredevil, but nowadays he does strong style and can almost 100% compete with someone like Ishii. Um, there's very few people who can beat him in that round, in in that realm, um, and that has been formed by his character. So yeah, I suppose that's what I'm what I'm getting at is that it's kind of a difference in the style and the way that the story is told. Yeah, like recently with Juice Robinson, he's become more aggressive since losing his title to John Moxley. Yeah, and he's he's and cut his hair. Yeah, so that he doesn't look like a dick. Yeah. So Zack Sabre Jr. and Sonata, um, this was a war. This was a. This was a technical war. It was a technical um, masterpiece as well, though. It was. I mean, I even noted that I stopped noting because I was just watching. <laughs> yeah. I, this this was the match that caused me to realise that I didn't need to write notes. I was just like, Fair enough. it's too good, too good. I mean, to to try and put this in writing and then convey this to the listeners. Um, yeah, it's be, impossible. Yeah. Um, to be fair. Long story short, Zack Sabre Christ and um, <laughs> and Sonada, King of the Underworld, or whatever. Um, they just absolutely battered the crap out of each other, but in a technical fashion. There was some amazing, like there was there was this fight for Sonata to get Zack Saber Jr. into the Paradise Lock, um, and that seemed to be the underlying. Like Sonata has the Paradise Lock as his has his kind of default de facto be all and end signature. all move. Yeah, it's, it's a signature. Maneuver. It's not yeah. a finisher, but it's definitely a signature, and it certainly causes a lot of damage and humiliation to his opponents for obvious reasons. Um, and Zack Saber, being a submission master, was certainly determined not to end up in a in a paradise lock. And to some degree, he didn't. Although there was a more vanilla, uh, sorry, it certainly wasn't the vanilla form of the paradise lock. At least it was, it was a different form. Um, go Wrapped on, take the bottom rope. Exactly. It was, um... Quite interesting to see. It was. Um, take us through some play-by-play, Jay. I've not got a lot, but yeah. Uh, I mean, the match started off with um, Saxley Junior taking control early with the cravat. Um, there's a great back-and-forth exchange, which was a technical, technical exchange that I did not write down. But I do believe that there was a lot of headlocks into wrist locks, floating over, and a front face 
um, headlock by Sabre Jr. to finish that off. Yeah, I mean, um, these early stages of the match, the two wrestlers both tried to trade submissions, and once they realized that they were actually a bit more evenly matched and maybe Zack Sabre Jr.'s arrogance had allowed him to, that was when he decided to throw the first strike of the match about three and a half minutes in with a European uppercut, um, which I felt was just... There's something uh, about the capability of both of them. It was a first mm. strike, and how far that had gone through in the match before they even started striking each other is, is always great to see in wrestling sometimes. Yeah, um, I mean, it told a it told a very concise story at that point as well, because obviously, um, and and it, it, each element of that story, both of the competitors um, and their position within that story and the part they played within that story, it told us something new about them that we didn't necessarily know before. Zack Sabre Jr. is maybe getting a bit too arrogant and maybe underestimated his opponent. Um, Sonada is a bit more of a dark horse when it comes to the technical elements of wrestling than people might be giving him credit for. Um, certainly, in the case of Zack Sabre Jr., that could potentially be as downfall as this, downfall as this match continues. Yeah, that would be probably it probably was. It's probably going to be his downfall for the whole tournament. To be fair, he's going to go in off this loss that he did receive before we got to the end. Everyone knows now. <laughs> um, Spoiler alert! Oh, he picked up the win by um, Sonado reversing Zack Sabre Jr.'s signature pin, which is a bridge roll-up, um, and Sonado beat him with it with his own pin, basically. Yeah, which. I thought was quite fitting considering how the match went. Yeah, I mean, what you're looking at here um, from Sonata's perspective is somebody who clearly was aware that Zack Sabre Jr. was a um, was a danger man and had clearly been watching tape, perhaps. Well, yeah, if we could go throughout the kayfabe tape watching. <laughs> obviously, wrestlers do watch other wrestlers yeah. to, to learn, obviously. Um but yeah, no, it was quite good the way the match ended, in my opinion. Sonada, um, it'll change my view again. Yeah, he's just an all-round moveset. I think he's not utilising enough um, in his other matches. So hopefully going out through this tournament, we'll see a lot more of an all-round style from Sonada going forward. Yeah, I think it could be it could be kind of a, a cue for him to kind of maybe take some of the flash out of his funk, as it were, when it comes to um, when it comes to tag team wrestling. Of course, things are usually quite high impact and very fluid um, within uh, in Japan, and I think maybe that is causing him to um, hide his torch behind a bushel, as it were, when it comes to that's something people say still, isn't it? Uh, probably yeah hide his, to hide his torch <laughs> hide his torch behind a bushel um and... yeah i totally said that yesterday everyone says it still <laughs> yeah that's cool that's cool sorry the last time <laughs> last time i heard somebody say it was um in a in a bar in 1932 so you know just one of those things um it's one of those things to keep carrying on through time yep indeed it's gonna go on forever um so <laughs> <laughs> Unless yeah. something blows up time, who knows? Ah, uh, yeah, something, something. Uh, stop, 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 stop! Jumping forward to season four. <laughs> God, Jay, don't, don't, don't uh, spoilers, mate. Spoilers, mate. God. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, effectively, effectively, this was a back and forth. Um, really, quite something to see the two of these go together, and quite a. Quite a good example um, of what 
what both these guys can do. I'm really looking forward. This is going to cause me to watch more of Sonata's matches moving forward. I mean, I, I have... I'm looking forward to his next one. Yeah, I have been in and yeah. out with Sonata um, throughout the years, but very often I've been watching Sonata because of who he's against. If that yeah. makes sense, that that's make, usually, yeah, no, yeah. that does make sense. Um, but I mean, in this instance, I am I am actually rooting for him to do quite well in this tournament as a result. Same here. Interesting. Um, moving forward, Which block do you want? <laughs> Um, I don't mind actually. I, I, I mean, do we have to split it by blocks, or should we just see as much as we can and and kind of just talk about what we've seen, and blag the rest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's just do sure. that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So yeah, Sonata's time to shine this year. I think. Um. Abushi versus. Oh, what's his name? Um. Really, really long. Um. Kanter. That's it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Karabushi versus Kenta. Remember it's in capital letters and you've got to shout it every single time. Oh yeah. So Karabushi um versus Kenta Um yeah, arguably yeah. a fairly anticipated match. Um the fact that it's coming this early, um the fact that the only other one that people are that eager to see is um when I'm not gonna shout it this time, when Kenta um faces John Moxley in the final. Do you reckon that's gonna happen? Do you reckon he's gonna get there? Because that's kind of what he wants. That will be the way to round Kenta off his story. And Moxley in the final. Two ex WWE guys in the final of G1. I don't think they're going to do that. But I say Kenta was only there for five years and they'll probably see him. Like... And you were right, by the way. He was in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling before 17 years ago. Yeah, it was quite. Um, I mean, it was quite a quite a long way back. I was reaching into my ex. Extensive Japanese wrestling knowledge there, but you know, I got I got there in the end. Oh, did my voice do that thing again? Yeah, you can stop doing that now. It's fine. Um, yeah, no, it was totally, to- totally <laughs> intentional. Cool. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> man, man, I'm a man. Right, yeah. No, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what did you think you to can Kenta? Lead Joseph in the depths. Of your feet somewhere and leave him there. Keep crossing those fingers, Jay. <laughs> Keep crossing those fingers. Um, so Kenta, um, what did you think? I mean, this is your first time actually seeing Kenta wrestle as Kenta, I assume. No. Really? <laughs> this is not my first time seeing Kenta wrestle as Kenta. Oh, okay. Where did you see him previously? I've seen some stuff from him versus Brian Nelson and Samoa Joe and ROH. Oh wow! They're the um, matches that I've I've seen. So this was my uh, first time him being Kenta. My first time of seeing um, Kenta wrestle as Kenta and not as Hinio and Tammy. Um, so yeah, I was quite impressed. There was very much more kind of MMA style. Um, this was off. the Kenta that I wanted in WWE. Yeah, clearly he wasn't allowed to be what he wanted to be. I mean, he's not making any secret of that in regards to um, what people have been saying um, in regards to what his storyline is going into, going into the G1. Um, so definitely, yeah, quite impressed. Take us I through mean, the match, Jay, paint his picture. Oh, carry on. I probably had to really fight to use the GTS as well. Um, when he first got there, they were like, oh, no, but what if CM Punk comes back? That's his move. CM yeah. Punk stole it from him. Right. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> 
He created I mean, that move. That's but, his. I mean, even that, the WWE version's not the real GTS, is it? It's the lift-up, knee-in-the-face, off-the-shoulders. Yeah, the lift-up, bounce them off the shoulders, make sure they land on their feet, and then wait for a bus to arrive um, before <laughs> deciding to knee them in the face. Yeah, that that isn't really the go to sleep, is it? Well, as as he proved at the end of this, uh, the, towards the end of this match, he did, he did. It was brutal. I liked mm. it. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. So yeah, this is most anticipated match of the G One going into it um, from a lot of people at least, um, and yet they've they've started it off start off strong as far as I'm concerned, which means that there will be a better match coming out at some point. But yeah, no, I was quite interested to see this. Um, let's let's move forward. Let's let's talk about what's going on here. Yeah. So in this match, Ooh, um, what I got before we do the... actually, how ready does Ibushi look to go all the way this year? He is fucking ripped. Did you see those glistening abs? <laughs> Did you see them, Jay? I wasn't paying close attention to them, Rich. Then you're wrong. <laughs> Sorry, you carry clearly, on. You've clearly paused and had a look there, Rich. Um. Yep. Paused. Rewound. <laughs> um, paused again. Um, yeah, I'd say. I'd say. Well, let me put it this way. Um, you. This match you, took you an hour to watch. Yeah, you may notice that with the tar- the the the, um, the the viewing room of the um, of the retarded cinema, like where I like to go and watch wrestling alone in the dark. Sometimes you may actually <laughs> notice that there is currently um, a an eight pack and shelves burned into the screen. Um, just saying. I could just drink his sweat, Jay. Wow. <laughs> Probably right, tastes better so... than this wine. Carry on. <laughs> so he kind of got a great reaction from the US crowd, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did, he did. The fans were ready to yeah. see Kenta. <laughs> yeah, they started chanting his name and stuff. You know, Kenta. Yeah. There were no Hideo Itami heckles, so that was good. Um, mm. Yeah, everybody everybody was really into it. There was a real big fight feel before this match as well. Uh, maybe not as big as the one that came in the finale in the final match, but um, yeah, it was pretty damn good. Some really good strike work to start off um, before Kenta, yeah, Kenta gave a good slap to the face. Um a good, a good smack in the face, which was returned. Yeah. Um, I mean, it kind of showed that Kenta is ready. He had his game face on throughout. Um, if he had turned into that in WWE at any point, he would have immediately been the biggest heel in the company um, because he was ready to go. Um, yeah. Maybe he just wanted to get punched in the face, so he gave one to Abushi first. Abushi could punch me in the face <laughs> any day. Um <laughs> <laughs> So Kenta with a knee to the back of Kota, who was draped over the second rope. That was brutal. Yeah, yeah. That was absolutely absolutely brutal. fucking brutal. That was um that was like a double knee off the second or top rope, was it? 
second rope, one knee. Second rope, one knee, straight to the back of the neck, like the nape of the neck. Um, as he's talking about over. neck problems for Ibushi as well, especially yeah. after that nasty German that he took mm. when he fought Iman for IC title and lost. Tetsuya yeah. Naito. Yeah, Iman. I am uh... just drinking my wine. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah, there was. A... I, I was thinking to myself when watching this that these these strikes are going to get harder and harder out throughout the contest. It it looked like it was going to go that way. It's going to get absolutely brutal. Yeah, brutal. I'll keep saying brutal because kind of was yeah um, uh, I mean you can only describe these strikes as flurries um, like not quite muck flurries but they were certainly flurries they were really nasty forearms to the face there was some good there was some good knees to the back of the head at certain points um, Ibushi there was a very WWE elbow from, from Kenzo at one point where he did do an elbow and also stomped his foot onto the mat that was the only time he did that and probably realised what he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it certainly wasn't a strong style elbow. It looked very worked, but he's he's not... Other than that one instance, he's not really working his punches anymore, so that's that's pretty much pretty much fair, I think. Um, Ibushi took, some while, took a while to really... It's like Ibushi went into this match, at least if we're talking kayfabe, it's like Ibushi went into this match expect, expecting Hideo Itami. And when he got Kenta, he was taken aback by it. And he's... No, I could agree with that. It took, it took him a while to really gain any kind of offense. Yeah, he kind of spent the first kind of edge. kind of seven or eight minutes just being absolutely pasted and desperately trying to keep up. Um, yeah, please continue. But when he did manage to mount some offense, we, um, well, even then... Actually, he was still trying to mount some offense. So he tried for a deadlift German from the outside to the inside. Yeah. Um, blocks, but then he hits a moonsault kick to the face, mm-hmm. followed by a slingshot high cross body to the outside, which was meant to a kind of a kick to the head, sort of. Um, bit of a botch, but, you know, that's what happens. Yeah, shit happens. Uh, uh, Kenson then drapes Koto over the rails and hits a double foot stomp to the back of Koto. I believe that was from the apron. Yes, it was. Um, this was the point where anybody from Connecticut who was watching were like, holy fuck, what did we just give away? <laughs> Why did we not just let him do what he wanted to do? Yeah, that would have been a really good idea. Also, yeah. also, Listen who's... your wrestlers. Yeah, who's... Yeah, shut up, shut up, WWE. Stop talking to your wrestlers and let them wrestle. You twats. Stop trying to overproduce everything. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I've been waiting for this. Are you ready? Are you ready? <sighs> Wind your fucking neck in. WWE. WWE. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there we go. Yep. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, back and forth in shoot. Um, running knee um, turns Ibushi inside out towards the end. Um, and then we get the words and strikes exchange um, with the strong style face down, don't we? Hesitation drop kick, double foot stomp. Oh, that hesitation drop kick. Yeah. Fucking beautiful. It's like a, he's like a fucking torpedo with it, isn't he? And then he's like, the hang time is like at least a second. Yeah. It's like, how, how do they manage that? Just stopping in midair. Uh, <laughs> fucking relentless. 
And then we get Kenta with a running knee. Finally gets to do it again. It's his move in the first place. Daniel Bryan just stole it from Kenta. Mm. Uh, we get a fighting spirit standoff in the center of the ring. Kenta beats Ibushi clean with the GTS. Yeah. Clean. The real GTS. Yeah, the you're on the way down. We're going to hit you in the face now, GTS. Not the, not the. You just stand there. Just land on. Did you land well? That's that's great. That's great. And now look out. <laughs> the knees come in. The knees come in. Here it comes. Ooh. Did it hurt? Did it hurt? Did it hurt you? I'm going to pin you now. Is that okay? That's that's. In CM Punk's is kind of defense. He was told to stop doing it the way he was doing it because I think he injured someone. Well, he's not Kenta though. He is not Kenta. So, um, yeah, thoughts on this? Was it worth the wait to see Kenta as Kenta? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna completely agree with you. Um, I mean, this is a post NXT Kenta. This is brilliant. Yeah, really, really great to see him where he belongs. Um, absolutely thrilled by that. Um, where do you think? Where do you think? Katarabushi's going. Do you reckon this is his year? I reckon this is his year. Mm, I think he's going to come up slightly short. Slightly short and wait until Kenny Omega slightly finally does show up again. Yeah. Mm, maybe the year after yeah. will be his year, but this year he's going to get so close. So close, mm. and then he's going to lose and then turn heel, maybe. I don't think he's going to turn heel, but, you know... Yeah, I think I think he, I think they're cer- he's certainly going to I think he's certainly going to edge his way towards the championship, but not they could, but not not make fully. Make the story throughout the G one. Not fully blow his load, you know. Just kind of get right up to the brink, you know. We're talking vinegar strokes, and then just pull back. Because it's Okada versus Hiroshi <laughs> Tanahashi um, was the match that followed this um fans were absolutely fucking mental for this weren't they they were no no why <laughs> they were they were well into what do you mean it. you don't know why it's fucking tanahashi <laughs> versus akada exactly yeah yeah what was your problem with this match we got right near the end what he got all right near the end, near the end of the match. You know when it finished. You're, <laughs> you're, not, <laughs> you're not a real wrestling fan, Jay. This should be a nine-star well, match. Though. There were some, there were some really good spots in it, but um, I gotta say, the start of the match was boring, to say the least. Um, yeah, I mean, I will mention that I'm actually cheating and using um, Bleacher Reports right up to kind of form the basis of kind of my memory to just kind of rattle it. And all it says, all it says to kind of start this off is um, the two biggest stars in New Japan Pro Wrestling and two of the most iconic competitors ever squared off in a main event of the night as IWGP Heavyweight Champion Kazuchika Okada battled familiar foe Hiroshi Tanahashi. Ten minutes into the match. And then starts talking about the match. So basically, yeah. completely ignores the first ten minutes of that match. So no, I can't. I'm not I get what surprised. Um, it was yeah, it fairly, was really boring. Yeah. Like they didn't know how to fill the extra time that they had and planned for a certain amount of time. And they were then to... told that they were going to go longer. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Tell us about this match. Paint me a picture, Jay. <laughs> they locked up at the start. <laughs> Their forearms were showing light. They were showing hell of a lot of light. Yeah. Um, both go to finish early, uh, but are both reversed. So they're showing light, false finishes, which wasn't a bad segment. I did quite enjoy that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I did say that. Uh, Colin needs to be um, careful falling into a complacent moveset and a position in the company as well. Yeah, I mean, it's telling that the camera kept on pointing at a certain fan who was holding up a sign where half of it was Carter's face and the other half was John Cena's face. Um, and I certainly... There was a point during this first 10 minutes where I just kind of looked at it and thought, actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But we've been saying this for, for ever since yeah, I've I started mean, watching New Japan Pro Wrestling. I've said he uh, is the John Cena of I think I think the difference, is, the difference is, I think when you were originally saying it, I was very much thinking you were, you were, you were typically talking about his position as well as his clean-cut image. Um, but he's actually turning into the five moves of Doom guy at this stage, he isn't is. he? Yes, yeah, and has been for quite a Which while. Which is a shame, because I really enjoyed when he was going all crazy. Mm. That was like progression within his character, but he's just gone back to being the rainmaker again, and it's just like, oh, yeah, well, that, that's the thing. I, I, I thought that was a shame. It's, I would like to see him lose the title and um, go further, like dye his hair blue or something. Start wearing face paint. Yeah, something like that. Just like because I did enjoy the crazy, crazy Rainmaker period when Kenny Omega had the title, and they just kind of aborted that um, after after the whole getting the title back thing. I mean, maybe it's just that he. Maybe that's the long term story for Okada. Is just if he's not got the belt, he is a bit mental, and he gets more and more mental every time he loses the belt, and then becomes the Rainmaker when he gets it back. I mean, it'd be an interesting story to tell and might actually give New Japan Pro Wrestling um, an IWGP champion who's held it as many times as Ric Flair has held the um, WWE's various titles. I mean, Well, Ric Flair's build as a 16-time champion when he's actually a 23-time world champion. Oh, it doesn't count if it's NWA, unless it's WCW. That's right. Yeah, forget about these stupid rules that they've got. Yeah, stupid rules. We're back. Let's do it. Yeah, we are back. Um, we are doing all of the things that we have said we are going to do, um, which is take you through the first night of G1. All in all, what do you think this was um, in regard? Like, do you prefer this format of the first night of G1 being in um, Dallas as it was? Um, rather than kind of the special two-day tournament that we got last year and the year before. Um, What's your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it gives us a little break, doesn't it? In between to get yeah. ourselves ready for the whole... The whole shebang. Yeah, to come in the, in the next is the next week when it starts. Yeah, yeah, it's um, Saturday, July the 13th. Um, that is Tokyo OTA General Gymnasium. That is the start of B Block. Um, there are five matches planned for that evening. Um, matches, as we go through them, um, I'm going to give me your thoughts on 
both of the guys and who you think is going to win and where do you think they're going to place in the whole tournament. Um, so we've got, first off, Juice Robinson versus Shingo Takagi. Um, thoughts on both of these guys? Um, Juice Robinson is growing on me ever so slightly with his evolution of his character. So... Yeah, a bit like herpes. <laughs> Yeah, something unwanted but still growing there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like, like that. I like what he's um, been doing recently. I'm really glad that he's kind of got rid of this um, Parappa the Rapper kind of feel that he had to him with all his floating around and dancing. Um, and he seems to be taking life a bit more seriously since his running with John Moxley. Um, and I would really like to see that carry over into the rest of the tournament um, and hopefully get a really good showing from him. I don't think he's going to win. But definitely isn't going to win. I think um, he's going to be within the top mid. few. Yeah, in the same mid. Okay. Um, he could he could be anywhere between the middle and the top, as far as I'm concerned, as long as he's not the winner. And um, Shingo is quite ready. Shingo. Um, yeah, Hello? had a really good showing. Sorry, Jay. Jay. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. All right. Yeah, what was all that about? I don't know. I said then Shango, and then nothing happened, and I was like, oh. I was here. No, I could hear you. Uh, um, okay. So, yep. Okay, so Shango's from um, LIJ, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shango's. Yeah, yeah. Shango um, reached the final of the um, best super juniors this year, obviously. Um, yeah. Against Will Ospreay, put on one hell of a match with him. Um, really, really so, impressive showing. Which means he's good at tournament formats, so hmm. might see a good show from him. Um, I, just, I think he's going over in this match. I think he is definitely going over in that match. Um, I, I don't know, Juice. I I can see Juice doing a bit of a a bit of a I've lost my title and it's kind of shook me up kind of thing going off because he was he held that title for quite a while and obviously being tied to a title can very often um, can very often cause wrestlers to perform better um, and obviously losing that title can be a severe knock to a confidence especially um, somewhere where titles mean as much as they do as New Japan Pro Wrestling definitely think Shingo he's a two-time um, US good. champion isn't he he, he is yeah uh, JY and also Cody Rhodes uh, yes yes um, Juice had it twice um, and yeah no I, th- I think that's what we're going to be seeing now I think we're going to be seeing um, you get two wrestlers here both of whom are stepping into that weight class um, and really starting to compete on that next level um, and I think they're both going to put in a fairly good showing but I think Shingo is walking away with this one um, Tomohiro Ishii and Jeff Cobb I'm quite looking forward to this match and they had a great showing together in the I think it was the opening match of the new one yes um, um, it was a match. tag There's team match lines on the go but, um, indeed yeah no um, obviously Jeff Cobb can go he's yeah a much younger wrestler, newer to the business. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think but, I think Tomohiro Ishii is kind of owed a G one. I don't know whether this is the year that he gets it. 
Um, but I feel that he is at the point where he is kind of owed one at this stage um, because he's always been phenomenal. He's one of the most consistent um, consistent members of the New Japan Pro Wrestling Stable. And I think considering that considering that Jeff Cobb um, managed to get the win over Shota Umino um, in that tag match and not Tomohiro Ishii um, at the start of the G1 card, I think that could be an indication that Ishii is probably going to go over. Um, that's just my thoughts, though. Well, I just think it's to protect both of the wrestlers. Uh, it gives Jeff Cobb a win going into it, making more of a threat against Ishii uh, mm. than you would have thought he would have been before. Um, but I do see Jeff Cobb taking it. That's fair. Um, I mean, it certainly would establish him as a as a as, as a, a as a yeah as a as a genuine competitor going in. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me either. Um, but I'm. I suppose I want Ishii to win this because I I love Ishii. He's one of my favourite wrestlers on the roster. Um, Toru Yano versus Tetsuya Naito. Um, <sighs> Tetsuya Naito for the win, yeah? I'm going to say yeah for that one. Yeah. Um, I reckon he's going to be at least the top two in the block. Yeah, I would say so. Um, uh, he's He's ended up in so many finals. Um, of the G1 that at this stage it's becoming a bit of a running gag and it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up being in the final of this one um, as well um, but failing that he's definitely going to place quite high up and I think I think he's looking at a win to kind of start that off why else would you put him against Toriano exactly um, Hiroki Goto versus Jay White same thing really strong start for Jay White yeah um, I'm with you on that one um, I hope this is where Jay White gets back into his groove again and we really see what he's actually capable of because recently he's, he's gone into a bit of a crappy, um, scared heel kind of... Yeah, he doesn't actually feel that much like the must-watch that he was billed to be when he first came in. Yep, yeah. Um, he seems to have just dropped a level considering being the leader of the Bullet Club. Um, there are no leaders, but Jay White is the leader. Um, as G.O.D. so concisely put it. Yeah, that is pretty much what they said, yeah. 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 <laughs> There's no leaders, but he's uh, the leader. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that we get to see a bit more of the Jay White that I was promised um, before it all kicked off back when Chris Jericho first joined um, New Japan Pro Wrestling and... Um, Obviously, Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada were in the series of a lifetime. Um, but we'll have to see. Um, John Moxley and Tai Chi. You see, this has the potential of being the match of the night for Block B. Yeah. It's clearly going to be the main event, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the contrast of styles, again, is going to be very interesting. Hmm. And Tai Chi's been putting in some really good efforts recently. He has, um, yeah. And that's what makes it more even more interesting of a match to watch. We all know what John Watts can do um, yeah. in the ring. Um, obviously, the Japanese version of John Moxley is, is more submission slam-based than the American John Moxley, which... Yeah, of course. Again, is quite interesting to see um, him having two different styles and due to two different promotions and being able to pull that out every single time and not, not confuse the 
styles that he's performing in each promotion, which is a testament to his wrestling capability. Yeah, of course. Um, I I can completely agree with that. He made um, headlines this week um, by appearing again in Las Vegas for a um, smaller promotion. Did you see any of that footage? Um, I haven't, actually, no. Oh, okay. Um, we are literally talking... We are... We are talking kind of a uh, 150, 200-seater um, kind of affair. And he answered an open challenge. Um, yeah, quite interesting stuff. Uh, he seems to really just be having the time of his life at the moment. Um, I'm going to say Moxley for the win to start him off strong um, because that's the logical way. Um, putting him against someone like Tai Chi, who is not necessarily going to be hurt by losing that, um, considering the year that he's having and I can see I mean looking at it logically I reckon that Tai Chi could end up only taking one of a loss in this entire piece mm-hmm. um, and that would probably be to someone that would surprise you but I would reckon it would probably be someone like Juice Robinson um, that would just be my thoughts other than that I reckon he's going to pretty much flat out win at everything um, and become maybe even end up losing out on aggregate and drawing in the top spot with someone. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. But I still think really he's going to be in mid. I don't, I don't think he's going to win every single match, but he's going to have a really good showing um, throughout mm. the whole tournament. Yeah, I reckon he's going to get one or two of his um, those, those four and a half to five star matches that he's been chasing for quite a while. So, But for me, um, um, in this Shango, um, Naito... Moxley and Jay White will be top four. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, where is your right now, based on what you know, what would you say the final of G one climax is gonna be? The final. The final is going to be Kanta. Yep. Versus Naito. I reckon Kenta versus Moxley. We've agreed on Kenta. Let's see if he pulls it out. Um, if not, then I'm praying for Ibushi. Um, <clears throat> moving forward from that, of course, um, John Moxley recently commented um, on how his matches differ between the various organizations um his most telling comment was a comment that kind of puts us back on the same level he was that first night after AEW, where he was talking to chris jericho um and he stated um because in this instance he said um to espn in wwe it's almost like vince is in the ring with you the producer is in the ring with you it's like you have two little bubbles on your shoulder, like three heads in the ring. All of a sudden, when I got in the ring in New Japan, five minutes into the match, I was like, there's no chatter. There's no producer, ref, Vince, chatter. It was like silence. And I didn't expect that. I was like, whoa, I'm alone again. It's just me in the ring. And then I just started beating the crap out of Juice, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I used to do. So, yeah. Um, I just think that's really interesting that he continues to continues to beat that drum. Um, he's clearly enjoying it, isn't he? Oh yeah, 
Yeah, you can see mm. you can see in his work that he's enjoying it. What are your thoughts on the recent exchanges in regards to his former Shield brothers in the WWE? Um, particularly, Roman Reigns has commented that um, that he feels that his personal relationship with John Moxley has been damaged by some of the things he said in w- about WWE, um, and that it will never quite be the same. And obviously, Seth Rollins seems to have gone, or seems to have been told to go into full-on WWE is the best in the world and I'm going to be a dick about it mode on Twitter um, with his with his war with um, Will Ospreay, which was completely uncalled for. Look um, at my bank account. All right, then. Chill out. Yeah. I, what's going on there? Don't know. Do you Don't reckon know, really? this is just WWE? Because, I mean, there, there are rumours now kind of circulating that um, Moxley convinced Triple H and... Um, Vince that he was just leaving for a year to kind of heal up um, and kind of get his head together yeah, and that he was going to be back. around then because I heard that he said to Vince that it was for a movie career. Um, I know that that was certainly what he said on um, he said on the podcast that he was he was making um, he was shooting movies and that was why he um, that was why he needed some time out. Of course, he wasn't lying at that point because he was he, he said that he was shooting um at the time he was actually shooting the um the advert that later went viral on May the 1st um when his contract expired which was the first kind of vignette that we saw shot by Signet Mundo. Oh yeah, yeah, he was he was filming stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um and that was kind of but no no the, the the current story appears to be that Vince um was pretty much convinced that he was just taking some time out for about a year or so. And um, as a result, my assumption would be now that he realises that might not be the case, um, he's gone all offensive and he's asking the Shield to kind of step up and make comments. Hmm. And obviously Seth Rollins Rollins is very much doing that with a plum because he can play a heel. He doesn't doesn't mind. Whereas, whereas of course, Roman Reigns is, is being a bit more ginger with it and a bit more kind of... Um, yeah, I'm still his best mate, but like, yeah, he's he, he, he he's Didn't kind of affected our relationship in an unspecified way. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, I mean, I've read that doing. it's Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins heading the charge in the locker room against AEW. Well, um, yeah, but I mean, how much of that do you reckon? Do you reckon is is Vince kind of kind of whispering in their ear? Yeah, no, it could Just be. Just saying, you know, now but... it's time to pay it back, guys. And they'll happily do it, I guess. But hmm, yeah. So, should we, should we, should we talk about WWE and what's going on in WWE? I mean, I know that we're we're technically an indie cast, but there's been some interesting things going on over in WWE, hasn't there? There, there has, there has been a few we, um, things that's been going off that probably should be mentioned. Um, well, in that case, I think um, for old times' sake, I should probably break this out. Beer down there, beer down there, beer down there, beer down there, beer down, beer down, beer down there. So WWE this week, um, Paul Heyman, Eric Bischoff are now in charge of WWE. 
executive or producers. Okay, okay, okay. Let's 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 term that correctly. Um, Paul Heyman is now in charge of Raw, and Eric Bischoff turned up and had a cup of coffee, and then shadowed Vince McMahon while Vince McMahon continued to do Vince McMahon stuff on SmackDown. Um, <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Paul Heyman's Monday Night Raw, um, his first Monday Night Raw in a very long time, in fact, at all, um, which was this past Monday, mm. a week ago today, the 1st of July 2019, has seen an uplift of about 200,000 viewers. Um, that kind of was added in the second hour when people realized that things were kind of changing their flavor as it were and that stayed throughout the show which is unusual for a monday night raw of course um d- d- have you had a chance to watch raw did you enjoy it what was your I, I, thoughts because I, I knew that paul Heyman was kind of running things um mm. no it was watchable i'm going to say it's going to sit here and hear a voice say it's like the best thing I've ever seen in well actually mm. it probably was the best roar I've seen in the last four months but it was okay, watchable that's fair watchable yeah you um, can clearly, clearly mean, see Paul Heyman's fingerprints all over the product especially mm, with which is Maria Canellis <laughs> going on about how she's pregnant so yeah I mean I, I've kind of ste- steered clear of the whole Maria Canellis um Maria, Maria Canellis, which fellas, which fellas screwed her, um, kind of saga. But what's going on with that? Um, Mike Bennett keeps I losing. Was... She's now leaving, and this gives her the opportunity to get herself out of the storyline, kayfabe breakup, kind of okay. thing. Is what I'm getting from it. Okay. So she'll be gone for the next 12, 13 months, probably. Yep. While she has Makes a second sense. baby. Oh, fair Which play. Which leaves Mr. Bennett by himself. And she was kind of one of the only things going for him, wasn't she? She can talk him up. But Mike Bennett has the skill to be yeah, a good but, wrestler I mean, but if they're going to start doing that storyline then maybe he's got Paul Heyman on his side which is a big plus mm, for him perhaps so um, so yeah it's interesting um, <clears throat> I think um, the, there is that all there um, yeah what more can you say about that? It's just a bit of a Paul Heyman-esque storyline. Um, the show, of course, kicked off with um, the whole thing through the What's It. There was there was no promo to start off with. That was interesting. Um, and then, of course, there was a bit of a street rook between Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. Um, Braun Strowman ended up going through the screen with Bobby Lashley, um, taking out the Titantron. And at that point, Corey Graves said, holy shit. Um, and it was not censored, even in the even in the international market. First off, bit of an overreaction there from Corey Graves. Like, to go from zero to holy shit in, like, one week. Yeah. Yeah. Seems a bit odd. Apparently, you're um, not supposed to say it. 
apparently. Well, if he wasn't supposed to say it, then why didn't they bleep it out on the tape delay like they do whenever a fan shouts that Roman Reigns is shit really loudly into the cameraman's ear whilst yeah, Roman Reigns yeah. is doing anything? Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> you know, that's There's that's that. what they have the two. That's what they have the two-minute delay for. Um, and then obviously this was followed up on SmackDown with Kofi Kingston sticking his middle finger up. Um, to Joe's face. Uh, Samoa Joe, yeah. So a lot of people have been saying that this is the end of the PG era. What are your thoughts? I just think they're playing with the PG certificate at the moment. Obviously, those both of those things go out the boundaries of that but still a lot of their products mm. is within the PG. Um, but it has been said, in fact, rumor and Arendo, that they are moving out of the PG era yeah. and they are moving into PG-14. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like the most logical way for them to go. Um, their core, their core, the big problem that they've got, um, from what I understand, is that their core fan base is getting older. Um, believe it or not. <laughs> the, yeah. Um, and I don't mean this well well what a lot of people think when I say that is that oh yeah no their core fan base what I'm saying is their core fan base is is kind of now 20 year olds again that's that's not what's going on what's actually happening is that their core fan base the largest amount of their fans are mid 40s to mid 50s when they actually do Nielsen ratings that's what they've worked out and that's something that that USA Network and Fox are incredibly aware of and they are not replenishing that because their product is too sanitized to get the teenage audience involved so a lot of the kids who are interested who go with their families who are these kind of this kind of 35 to 55 market um, which although highly coveted for rest, for ratings is getting older they're not then replenishing that by keep by retaining them by offering them good products that they can continue to watch credibly as teenagers. So that's the understanding at the moment, um, and that was something that was commented on um, by both Wade Keller and um, that other guy whose name escapes me because he's really irritating. Meltzer, that's it, Dave Meltzer. Both of them have commented on this very recently. Um, and yeah, if 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 their audience are getting older, the people who were alive during the Attitude Era, who remained fans throughout the Ruthless Aggression Era and sat there stomaching the PG Era for so long, if they're not being renewed because their current product does not attract any fans because it's way too sanitized, then they do definitely need to make that kind of change. Yes, yes, no, completely agree. We've been saying they need to make a change for such a long time now. Mm. It's actually nice to actually see something tangible, though, isn't it? Yeah, for now. Mm. Um, did you hear about um, Braun Strowman's injury? Apparently he's got a separated pelvis or fractured pelvis or something like that. Separated pelvis. Oh, so are you aware of what a separated pelvis actually is? Um, I would imagine something pops out near your leg, top of your leg. Um, no. Um, are you ready to wince? Let's go for it. So it's fairly common with women during childbirth, but effectively, um, at the very front of your pelvis, where um, some might say the root and the stem sit on a male, mm-hmm. um, there is a piece of cartilage which joins the two bones. Right. Um, well, joins the two ends of the bones, and that is what rips. Oh. 
Yeah. Um, that's fucking agonizing as a thought, isn't it? Um, so thoughts and prayers go out to Braun Strowman. That sucks. <laughs> that absolutely fucking sucks, mate. Um, like, seriously, dude, you are one hardcore. I hope they're giving you loads of morphine or something. <laughs> dude, dude, just drink, drink the morphine. Drink the liquid morphine. Drink the f- <laughs> like, yeah, that's what else can you say? Um, so, just out. Yeah. Ouch. Um, Matt Hardy recently did a You Don't Understand um, promo that is getting a bit of traction. Matt Hardy, what's going on with Matt Hardy, Jay? I don't know. Not seeing it. <laughs> yeah, not seen it. Sorry, I'm not Matt. Keeping up unless you're broke, unless, unless you're woken, no one cares. Unless you're woken, no one cares, mate. <laughs> um, you don't understand, yes. Hardy. You don't hardly yeah, understand. Yeah. Um, see, so see ooh, it's a really yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a really really noisy Tardis at the moment. I think Taz is. I think Taz is wandering around. Um, and being being very loud in the background, so I do apologise for that. He's he'll be fine. Um, he's just moping since we um, since we kidnapped him. <laughs> just gonna throw it out there. We kidnapped Taz. Yeah, we did. Um, you can listen to that along with many other different episodes of whatever our podcast called. Um, <laughs> that is <laughs> Anchor.fm forward slash jfabe where you are listening to this wherever you get your podcast just listen to the archive there's there's hours and hours of this wonderful wonderful late night bants between me and jay for you to just peruse listen to it on the bus on a plane not on the plane but a train yeah you can listen to it on a plane um if you're using google podcast you can download it straight to your phone straight to your listen phone. to it anywhere even when you're offline well, yeah there we go no it's it's the wonders of technology Crazy, isn't it I mean, it's going to take you a while to get used to it again because of all the, um, all of the 1988 technology that you've had to use. Oh yeah, we went back to 1988 a couple of weeks ago. That was podcast episode four. Really, really good episode. Definitely listen to that in the archives. It's good fun, um, and Jay thoroughly enjoyed making it with me. Um, I did. Jay. I did. It was a good time. So, Alistair Black's opponent at whatever it is that um, was coming up next at TLC. Is that the next one? Extreme Rules, that's it. Um, so Alistair Black's opponent at that. Currently rumoured to be Cesaro, or that was what the expectation yes. yeah, was? Yeah, I've, I've stumbled um, across that. That is going to be, it's going to be revealed um, over the, the next episode of Smackdown, apparently. However, there is some rumours that even if it is Cesaro, Cesaro is going to be subject to the evil Bray Wyatt puppets. Um, as they are looking, as confirmed by The Fiend on Twitter, they are looking for weak-minded individuals to possess. Um, thoughts on this? I mean, you, how excited are you for Bray Wyatt, first off? Um, that guy is, yeah. Completely He's really, flipped his character upside down. It's fantastic, isn't it? I'm so interested to see where that goes. Um, but if his puppets are going to start... Yeah possessing people well yeah exactly they become um, I mean you have the puppet well, yeah. they become that character 
quite possibly, um, or will they just be guiding them? Um, I mean, this is on the back of um, the puppets um, appearing behind various people on both the Raw and SmackDown roster. There are a couple of interesting character changes that have happened within um, WWE's main product, um, which some people feel could be a reflection of these puppets. The puppets I'm talking about are, of course, um, Huskins the Pig, um, Abby the Witch, Ramblin' Rabbit, and Mercy the Buzzard. If you are paying close attention, you will notice that that spells H-A-R-M, um, which pretty much shows what their MO is. They are there to do some harm, I believe, um, and that's what the prevailing theory is at the moment. Um, Shelton Benjamin recently did a promo um, where he just stared off into the distance just when he was asked about the world championship. Just a random question that's nothing to do with him. But yeah, yeah, he did just smile and dart just his eyes around a lot. Dart his eyes around a lot. Um, some people are saying that rather than Shelton Benjamin being incapable of answering a simple question that has been fed to him by producers, um, more likely than that, it could be a part of this entire Bray Wyatt um, gimmick. Well, at least were. be on TV. <laughs> well, exactly. The very fact. I mean, to be honest, part of the story in regards to um, this entire thing started with people saying, "Oh, um, Shelton Benjamin appeared on TV," was pretty much what the headlines were initially saying before people picked up on this whole random staring <laughs> off into the distance he was thing and how TV. out of character What's it was. Going on? Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, quite interesting. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it going into Monday Night Raw. Um, there is um, there is a bit of a back and forth that has just um, occurred between um, between Bray Wyatt and Eric Rowan, um, in which Bray Wyatt um, sent a tweet. This was um, about three hours ago, um, as of the recording of this, so at um, 9.04pm today. Um, Bray Wyatt sent a tweet to Rowan just saying happy anniversary to which Rowan um, sent a picture of two beer glasses kind of touching each other. This is of course Bray Wyatt's anniversary of um, his his initial appearance on Monday Night Raw um, with Rowan and Harper. Um, Are you aware that it's that anniversary? I am aware that it's that anniversary. I'm Do you think that that's gonna that we're going to wake up tomorrow morning to WWE news being that Bray Wyatt has finally made his triumphant return? Mm, well, it would make sense for that to happen on this mm. Raw. Yeah, I I I understand but that. Yeah, it's probably I just going to be some kind of teaser. Yeah, probably. They do seem to be doing that a lot, don't they? <laughs> yes, yes, they do, but it will be that. I don't think he'll be on Raw. Mm. It'll just get people watching Raw to watch out for him as well. Yeah, I mean, people are already doing that, I think. Um, that seems to be something that's quite common now. So, yeah, I, I would I would really like them to hurry up and do something about this. Definitely going to be um, a top picture very quickly. Mm. So, anything else that we need to um, that we need to discuss um, before we move before we move into you know just 
just milling about our evening in the t in the retardis. Yeah, you got your coconut wine on the go. Um, actually, I finished it. It was foul. Oh. Smelt great. Smelt great. You should have drank it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it yeah smelled really like me. Really had some of that fantastic coconut wine. Well, Taz apparently only had one bottle and he only had one glass, and it was for me. He says it's only for people who have their own podcast. And then um, he said that you'd understand what he meant by that. Right, so the guy we kidnapped giving you coke and wine. Yeah, he says that if you had a podcast instead of me, um, then you'd have got coconut wine. Um, and then he then he looked really ominously into the distance. I, I haven't got a clue what that means. I may have some idea. Okay, you and Taz, are, you with your crazy, your crazy kids with your crazy kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what else is going on this week? I mean, obviously next week we've got Fighter Fest. Do we want to go through the card for that, or should we do that at a separate show sometime when it's not this Fire ridiculous Fest has time? Been on, mate. No, sorry. What's the one that's on? Um, oh, Fight for that's the Fallen. The that's it. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on Fight for the Fallen? Um, not yet. That I will. <laughs> Fair play. The only real thing that I think is of interest is. Um, <clears throat> I did notice that one of the listed matches is MJF, Sean Spears, and Sammy Guevara. Um, first off, MJF and Sean Spears on the same team. That's not going to end well. Um, versus Joey Janela, Darby Allen, and Jimmy Havoc. Looks like they're getting as many deathmatcheroos together as possible to form a deathmatch stable, um, or at least a team of people who frequently fight in deathmatches. I just think that's really interesting. That would be quite just good. something I picked up. Obviously, they're the going to have to turn it down for when yeah. they move into TNT. Because they've been told they're not allowed to do other things whilst they're on on air, like swear and blood, and probably hitting people over heavy chairs is kind of not going to happen. <laughs> Isn't that really, ironic? Right? When you really think about <laughs> it, it's just going to be for the pay per views, I think. So you got your weekly show is going to be a bit yeah. PG for wrestling, and then you will hit the main events, and you'll get just explosions of blood wouldn't it be just fucking hilarious if um, AEW ended up on TV as PG and unable to compete with a non-PG WWE would it be hilarious or just really sad I think it would be incredibly sad but yeah um, it would also be quite funny from an irony perspective of course are you aware of what um are you aware of what um oh what's his name who says bro all the time Matt Riddle losing his push be because no the other one the other one the other one that says bro Vince Russo Vince Russo are you aware of what Vince Russo what's is he doing now doing? no he's got a YouTube video right That's it's right. a YouTube yeah. series and what he's doing is he is he is talking us all through the fact that AEW is a work by the WWE. Oh, next, right, yeah, so it's on that. 
next week is episode three of that. So whereas he said it was a work, bro, you'll all see it double or nothing, and then we didn't see it double or nothing, bro. Um, whereas the same person will say, oh, I might have been mistaken on that. Instead, he's just dug his heels in and is like, no, nope, definitely work. Definitely work. We're going to make a YouTube series about this to confirm yeah. to everybody confirm. in the whole world that it's all, all of it. All of yeah. it's a work. Yep. Everyone's working for Vince McMahon. Of course, it yeah. makes sense that Vince Russo would think that because obviously, you know, he still thinks he works for Vince McMahon. Yeah, um, he really does. <laughs> he still thinks anyone cares that he ever did. I mean, yeah, he still thinks he's like the god of wrestling, doesn't he? Yeah, he got lucky. He got lucky for two years, and utterly honest, he wasn't the only contributor on that board. And everything still went through Vince. Everything still went through Vince. And the two Vinces filtered each other nicely, from what I hear from my various sources, which is mostly Bruce Pritchard's podcast. Um, but, uh, um, at some point, he even pulls attention to the fact that Bruce Pritchard and Comrade Thompson are both working for, the, both working for each other's um, corporate enemies. Therefore... He believes that that is the channel that Vince McMahon is using to pass messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all makes yeah. sense. Totally believe the guy. Yep, because they wouldn't just, you know, just go into a closed meeting room somewhere. Nope, just just do it through, do it through Bruce Pritchard. Comrade Thompson, the fat mortgage guy who is well known for being a bit thick. Um, and of course, Bruce Pritchard, the guy who has only just got his job back after taking a gun into work 10 years ago and being sacked. Yep. Vince McMahon's going to trust Bruce Pritchard with that. No offense, Bruce, but yeah. Yeah, so you got to think what is Russo smoking? Um, whew. a big old bong full of stupid. He does like stupid, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he really he does. Really, yeah, that's like big see, old... see his default mode. I mean, it's like he had a dream, he had an epiphany. I know what's going on. I'm going to start this rumor, and I'm going to make loads of money from it. Don't you mean? <clears throat> Bro, I have an idea what I'm going to do. I'm going to change wrestling forever. Did, did Taz just get out of his cell? No, no, that was just... Uh, <laughs> that was just how profound he, he, he kind of was being. Yeah, from New York. Makes yeah, sense. exactly. Bro. New York, right? I think I've kind of, I've kind of taken this as far as it can go. Let's <laughs> yeah, like, need some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> need some coffee. No, wait, isn't that more Baltimore? Bro. Huh? <laughs> isn't that more Baltimore? I thought it was New York, mate. All right, could be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, it could possibly be New York. Oh well. Um, well, TV shows have led me to believe this, so yeah, it's got to be right, right? Definitely. definitely. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. 
anything that we have to say before we move on before we go home before we you know well yeah continue um, to wait for Jesse the looking forward to the rest of the um, G1 it's going to be yep. barnstormer event like match yeah, after it's match gonna be good. it's this is going to be, be such really... a good good tournament to watch uh, WWE let's just see what happens yeah I mean not, they've had these put all our eggs in one basket and all that you can't put your eggs in WWE. People w- still say that, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. Um, like, you can't put all of your eggs in WWE's basket because if you do, you'll just find the gobbledygooker at the end. No one wants a gobbledygooker. End of the red and black and white rainbow. Yeah. God damn it, WWE sucks. <laughs> Bye, everybody. It's been fun. Uh, I've been Bye. Beard. Beard bear. He's been bear. bear. And yeah. we are, well, Beard and Bear. Yep. <laughs> I am I am, I am. the time duke known as Rich. Also and bear. Also, also Bear. <laughs> and you are... You are... Beard. Jay and Beard. Also beard. Yeah, yeah, Beard. Yeah. Not sure if we've um, got any special abilities yet. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, we're working out. We're, we're working out. <laughs> yeah, just gonna, just gonna throw it out there. That might happen. You know, um, keep on. Yeah, keep on, keep on writing to us. Really enjoying it. Um, thanks for getting back to me, Mitch. Yeah, really, really cool. Shout out, Mitch. Um, Rich, Mitch. Yeah, Mitch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like we're we're two peas in a pod, Mitch. Yeah, you're our biggest fan. Uh, <laughs> you did tweet the other day. I saw Mitch yeah. online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitch's awesome. Yeah, be like Mitch. Tweet us as well. Bye, everybody. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs>